From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, Dan, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well, and we are ready to go. Start a new week of the show, and uh, the gang's all here. Producer Dan, D-Dub, and the Black and Blue Orchestra. Yours truly, Sean Kelly and John DeShazer. Alongside, after a day off yesterday, and a black and gold scrimmage on Saturday. Hopefully you got a little time to relax, J.D. There is no such thing. There's no time off for folks like me. You know that. No time off for us. Hardest working senior writer for NewOrleansSaints.com in the business, right? Well, senior writer, only writer. Same thing. Yes. But uh, <laughs> there's no such thing as time off. Fair enough. Fair enough. The players and coaches, I, I, they call it a day off, but I'm sure they were busy yesterday. Uh, they are going to watch film today of the black and gold scrimmage. We're back on the practice field Later this afternoon, and on NewOrleansSaints.com, we'll have a complete uh, practice wrap for you. It'll be an afternoon wrap, but it'll actually come your way in the evening because practice is scheduled to go in well into the 6 o'clock hour later on today. Meanwhile, um, we had that black and gold scrimmage to recap, and we'll also talk to Fox Sports national writer Alex Marvez today. And a real special treat, a rare visit with Saints head trainer Scotty Patton. J.D. Not many people have heard from Scotty Patton, but they know who he is because he's uh, seen often treating Saints players and helping them on and off the field when the case arrives. I would be surprised if people know what Scotty's voice sounds like. I don't know if I know it, to be honest with you. And I've been around him a whole lot. I don't know if I've ever heard him actually speak. So uh, this will be a, a serious treat because I don't know if he's done many interviews whatsoever. We'll talk to him about dealing with the heat, dealing with 90 players in camp, and other uh, various uh, stories. We'll, we'll, we'll spare Scotty the, uh, the questions about uh, injuries to specific players and whatnot because that's not fair to put him in a bad spot there with himself, uh, the players, or head coach Sean Payton as well. Uh, J.D., there are a lot of things on your plate if you're a sports fan here this morning as we record this uh, portion of the Black and Blue Report. Of course, we've got the Saints to talk about. Not much going on in the NBA other than that. The schedule will be out tomorrow. We're going to talk extensively about that tomorrow and then especially on Wednesday as it will be released Tuesday evening. But you've got the Johnny Manziel story uh, coming to a head again today and the Alex Rodriguez biogenesis Major League Baseball issue may be coming to a head today as well. So, Johnny Manziel, um, now I'm starting to wonder whether or not he'll be ready to go for not just games one and two of the regular season, but maybe even that third game against Alabama uh, this coming college football season because there are now allegations or rumors or whatever else you want to put, what label you want to put on it, that he received money somewhere in the neighborhood of five figures for autographs he signed back in January. Well, if this is true, this is pretty self-destructive and pretty silly because, you know, from, from everything you've seen, this kid comes from, from money. He doesn't need 
the income that comes along from from signing autographs. So this is perplexing. I mean, much of what he's done or alleged to have done, I consider just a 20 year old. I mean, you know, any of us who has been to college, you if you if you're against a kid going to college and having fun and going to a couple of frat parties and and doing a little drinking, then you probably didn't go to college because most of us have done that. Or, excuse me, some of you guys have done that. I've never done that. I, I mm-hmm. never did that. Yes. But, <laughs> you know, I, I just attribute that to, to youthfulness. Now, this whole signing autographs and being compensated for is just, if it's true, is beyond stupid because, again, he has means. He doesn't need the income. And this is pretty much, if it's true, a kid who's just kind of thumbing his nose at authority said, I'll do what I want to do when I want to do it. I'll agree with you on the last point, that we, we've reached now stupidity. Because any, if anyone, if he were or anyone else around him were to say, "Well, we didn't know, we couldn't do that," would be just a bold-faced lie. Okay, we already know how well educated yes. these college athletes are and what they can do and what they cannot do. Where uh, where I think we differ is that early on, I said, "You know what? Leave him alone. He's a 20-year-old kid. I know what I did when I was 20 and all that." But here's the deal: I've changed though over this course of action by him. Look, I didn't win the Heisman Trophy at 20 years old. I also wasn't the star quarterback at a football factory like Texas A&M. And now, as we're learning that he comes from privilege, I also wasn't at 20 years old sitting courtside at Miami Heat games or playing Pebble Beach or anything else. So if you want to do all those things, then you can't hide behind the, well, I'm just a 20-year-old kid anymore. Yeah, I mean, you got a point there. I mean, I... You know, when it comes to the silliness, the tweets and the frat parties and the drinking, I can, you know, again, I understand that. Now, when you bring up the Miami Heat and and the Pebble Beach, that does make sense. And he is a Heisman Trophy winner. And they are supposed to conduct themselves in a different manner because now all of a sudden you're in a different stratosphere. You are no longer the kid who can just walk across campus. Everybody knows you even more so than if you were just the quarterback at Texas A&M. Now you are the, the, the quarterback of America. Uh, everybody knows you. So, you know, but, but you know, this whole – he just seems to be thumbing his nose at authority every step of the way, uh, from the Manning Passing Academy to going to – I think it was UT, the University of Texas, to the, to the party that he got kicked out of, to now the potential of, of selling merchandise or, or selling his sick autographs. So now it's getting to the point where this is pretty ridiculous. I mean, this kid is more knowledgeable than that. I'm sure Texas A&M made him quite aware of what he could and couldn't do. And, again, he doesn't need to. He's just doing it because he can. If you needed to, if you were a kid who who was from an impoverished background and you didn't know where your next meal was coming from, maybe I could understand that. But you're a kid who doesn't need this, so why are you doing this? Well, the the rule is the rule. Even if you don't agree with it, you still have to follow the rules. All right, lastly, before we get to our first uh, timeout, uh, this thing going on in baseball today. I know you've heard someone say before, I, know, I don't know how this is going to end, but it's not going to end well. I don't care how you look at the Alex Rodriguez situation or the biogenesis situation overall. I don't know how it's going to end. Some of, We're going to learn some more today. But no matter what, it's not going to end well. If he's the only one who's going to fight it, then you wonder exactly what's going to happen. And then I hear that Major League Baseball is going to re- release some of the specifics because of the lengthy suspension and because he's going to fight it. So I'll be interested to see what the specifics are. But, you know, from everything you read and hear, it seems like they have him dead to rights. And he's just another guy who is kind of, 
in his own world and will not bow down and he's just going to fight. I don't know if he's fighting for the right to play, if he's fighting for the right to keep that money, which I probably would fight for also, or, or you know, if he's just living in la-la land or something. But it seems like he's dead to rights. And I'm the, I, I'll be, I'll be, ex, I'll be interested to see exactly what the fight is that he puts up because even now there's still time for him to negotiate. So you'd like you you you'd like to see it end a lot more cleanly than it appears it's gonna end. Well, I just I just have this feeling he's gonna napalm his way through this whole thing, and it's gonna get ugly. And I know Major League Baseball's got dirt on him and the whole nine yards, but I think he knows where some bodies are buried too. So I I don't think this is gonna end well for anyone. I don't think, unfortunately, that we're gonna hear the end of this story anytime soon. But we'll see. The Yankees are in Chicago tonight. Will Alex Rodriguez play? That remains to be seen. All right, uh, I do want to do a bit of a mailbag this week. Um, so uh, we'll open it up again for you. And again, we'll, we'll try and address some of these issues over the next couple of shows. But whether it's Saints, Pelicans, or some of the other things we've been talking about, you can get us on Twitter, which is now at uh, Black Blue Report, is kind of the show's Twitter account, or at John DeShazer or at Sean Kelly. Any of those will do. And then if you uh, prefer email, radio at pelicans.com, radio at pelicans.com. We'll take your feedback on all that. If you have questions, we'll also address those as we get through our shows this week. Promise, 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 promise. Don't forget, tell your friends, we're available now on iTunes, which I worked out on my iPhone this morning. So for those of you who have been asking, a lot of you have, uh, it is now available on iTunes. Just search for Black and Blue Report. You may have to type in black, and then what is that? Amper stand is the, the symbol. Sign. Yeah, the yeah, end sign. I don't you may have to you... do, this is going to show what a moron I am, do black and then the and sign thing. Yeah, because I don't know what you call it. Right, and what, then the blue report. Whatchamacallit. call it? Amper oh, stand, a, is it? Or amper stand? Yeah, because whatchamacallit is a candy bar, so. This is true. Anyway, we are past time already. <laughs> well, let's get let's get a final wrap on the black and gold the scrimmage from Saturday. We'll do that with uh, J.D., Drew Brees, and Sean Payton right after this. What do you say to someone whose heart is on the line? That at Auctioner, an entire team of experts will collaborate to develop the best treatment for you? That we have procedures so revolutionary they aren't available anywhere else in the region, including breakthrough ways to more effectively manage heart failure and repair heart valves? That U.S. News & World Report ranks Auctioner Medical Center's heart program among the nation's very best? Or that with over 170 heart experts and seven hospitals to choose from, the exceptional cardiac care you need is always close to home? Actually, the most important thing to say is... Your results are back. Everything looks great. Better outcomes. Just one more reason to choose Auctioner. To find a heart specialist near you, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Canes is fans' best friend. Fresh, never frozen chicken fingers, made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Canes crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Canes, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love.
A new era in basketball is here as your Pelicans take flight for the 2013-14 season. By adding all-star Drew Holiday and Rookie of the Year Tyreek Evans to a young and hungry roster, your Pelicans are going to be one of the NBA's most exciting teams. So jump on board now. Over 80% of our seat prices have been reduced. And with all the great benefits of being a season ticket holder, you don't want to miss out. Call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get in on the action today. Hardwood, hardball, and hard knocks. This is the Black and Blue Report. That's D-Dub and the Black and Blue Orchestra as we roll on in the Black and Blue Report this Monday edition. We're going to start to talk about the black and gold scrimmage from Saturday a little bit here before we get to our two other guests today. Scotty Patton, Saints athletic trainer, to join us, and Alex Marvez, national football writer for Fox Sports on this black and blue report as well. All right, J.D., you were there Saturday morning. I know it got really hot late in the scrimmage, um, but your overall impressions before we get to Coach Payton and Drew Brees. Well, I think the thing that stood out the most was uh, the defensive install seems to be taking them. The 3-4 agreed, certainly with the number one unit. Now, they hadn't done everything yet. They weren't you know, very exotic, and the offense had some specific things they wanted to work on, and plus the offense is missing several parts, uh, notably Marcus Colston. So, you know, but the defense looked pretty sharp, um, especially guys like Akeem Hicks and Chris Carr. Uh, Akeem Hicks on the defensive line, Chris Carr at cornerback, really looked pretty sharp. Um, the first-team offense did score on its first possession, uh, about 12 plays or so, and, Pete and, uh, and excuse me, Mark Ingram scored on the one-yard run. But for the most part, the, I would say the defense ruled the day, which is a good sign for the Saints. Saints head coach Sean Payton with an overall thought on Saturday's scrimmage. Overall, I thought they, uh, the tempo was good against each other you know the, there's kind of a fine line you want to you want to be healthy and yet you still want to see some full speed action I thought they handled that well I thought defensively we made some good plays uh, we had some turnovers there were a few false starts some pre-snap penalties that we got to get cleaned up this will be good film for our staff to evaluate and then for the players to see when they come back in Monday but we got enough snaps it started getting warm but I, I thought they battled the heat pretty well John DeShazer talked about the Saints defense and their performance on Saturday. Also talking about the Saints defense was Mr. Payton. So I was pleased with the turnovers. It's something we've kind of been emphasizing. And, uh, you know, I thought they took advantage of, of, of those snaps. Um, you know, I had the officials blowing an early whistle, and that can be a positive for, you know, it, it goes both ways. Uh, but I felt like that was the way to go with the, with the tempo we had. I thought we rushed the passer well at times and and probably got into some long yardage situations a little bit too ma- too much for us offensively, but I was pleased with that element. You mentioned Chris Carr's play, and this is a veteran, and uh, and Rob Ryan says, I called it on Saturday. I guess he saw it coming that there would be a good performance by Chris Carr. One guy that I think has been talked about a little bit, but maybe not enough, at least from now what I'm hearing from the coaching staff is the play of Junior Gallette. It, John, in your eyes, is it special play by Junior Gallette, or is it kind of he's just the steadying force that they need right now on that side of the ball? Well, they think he's got the potential to be special as a pass rusher. Now, last year in, in limited action, I think 12 games, he had five sacks. So he's shown an ability to get to the quarterback. The question is whether he can get there consistently with heavy snaps. Now, Rob Ryan says that Junior Gallette's a kid who – goes 100 miles an hour, and he's all out all the time. And they're afraid, you know, at times he might be he might be burned up by the second quarter. So he's they're going to have to pace him a little bit. 
but they've always liked him as a pass rusher. He's a guy they kept around specifically because they like that ability in him. And if he's playing an outside linebacker in the 3-4, he's certainly going to get his opportunities. With more on Junior Gallette, once again, Saints head coach Sean Payton. He's playing one of those outside backer positions. I, I thought he had some good rush snaps. Um, we'll see on the film when, when we get a chance to just look more specifically. But he's explosive. And... Uh, you know, he's a big part of what we're planning on doing with the with the two outside guys. All right, let's turn our attention to the offense real quick. It seemed that the early portion of the scrimmage was the better effort for Drew Brees and company, especially those first two drives. Yeah, that was uh, that was kind of what was slated was you know twelve plays and let's see what can happen. And uh, that was a good mix of run and pass and uh, kind of put us in you know a couple different types of situations: uh, third down and long, third and medium, third and short. So it feels like we got a lot of work in that first drive and then came back to second drive and. Um, I think the, the one penalty uh, kind of unforced there set us back into a third and long, you know, as we got down in close and we weren't able to convert. But I think overall it was good work for, for everybody, the ones, twos, and threes. Um, a lot of good reps, and, you know, we'll take a look at the tape, but just trying to get a little bit better every day. J.D., what was your biggest takeaway from that side of the ball on Saturday? Well, I like the, how efficient they were uh, in the first possession. Now, granted, it was against the number two defense, but they were extremely efficient. You heard Drew mention about the running game. They wanted to get work in some runs, some specific runs, Coach Payton said, some slashes, and so they were able to work those in with, uh, with Mark Ingram and Pierre Thomas and also Darren Sproles. So you like that part about it. Drew Brees looked pretty solid. Well, he's going to look solid. But, again, he's missing Marcus Colson, which is a huge weapon of his. Uh, Joe Morgan was injured during, the, during the, uh, the scrimmage, and so they lost him as a speed receiver. But you did like the way that they were able to come out very businesslike on that first possession and get done exactly what they wanted to get done. No doubt a lot of eyeballs in the left tackle position. John, you've said this already as we've gone through camp. It's Charles Brown. It's Charles Brown's job to lose at this point, and he so far is leading the competition, and Drew Brees had nice things to say about him. Charlie Brown's done a great job all camp. Um, you know, uh, Armstead, um, I mean, all those guys really just uh, Jason Smith, they've – They've all, you know, kind of developed, uh, I think, uh, the way that we would want, you know, and um, it's, it's, we still have, you know, four weeks of preseason games and we'll kind of see how it shakes out. But um, I love our unit. I love our group. And uh, certainly I think Charlie Brown, at times where he's stepped in in the past, he's done a great job. You know, it's really just been a matter of staying healthy. And, um, you know, he's, he's done a great job. You know, here we are, what, eight, nine days in the camp. Health-wise, J.D., and that's always a big question coming out of a full-contact scrimmage like that. What do we know? Well, we know that the uh, three guys were injured during the scrimmage, three receivers specifically and majorly. Uh, Joe Morgan, we don't know the extent of those injuries until this afternoon from practice. And also Travaris Cadet, running back, the multipurpose running back, was injured also during the, the uh, scrimmage. Again, we won't know the, the extent of those injuries until Coach Payton fills us in you know, later this afternoon. But, you know, the one thing you don't want to come out of a scrimmage with are injuries. And unfortunately, they had, you know, had four of them. Two of them to guys who are pretty, uh, pretty major in what they want to do. I believe Cadet as a special teamer, as a number and a number four running back, and Joseph Morgan as the number three receiver. All right. So, and we may not find anything more out from Coach Payton today. The one thing is that he does not have to expound upon injuries until the regular season rolls around. So we may not get any news, and that's his prerogative. So we'll see how that all plays out. Again, the Saints practice later on this afternoon. It is indoor and closed to the public. More on the uh, topic of football here shortly as we'll continue on the Black and Blue Report with Saints athletic trainer Scotty Patton right after these messages. Hey there. 
What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm gonna hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. The second annual Saints Back to Football Run presented by Chevron will be held on Saturday, August 31st. The 5K race benefiting Team Gleason, the One Fund Boston, and the Greater New Orleans Sports Foundation will include an NFL Play 61-mile fun run for kids. Participants of all abilities will have the opportunity to race through the streets of downtown New Orleans towards the finish line at the 50-yard line of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Gumbo and Sir Saint, along with the Saint Stations, will be on hand to cheer on participants, and a post-race party with live entertainment and a beer garden will take place in Champion Square. All participants will receive a Saints Back to Football Run shirt, a commemorative finisher's medal, and an NFL-approved bag. Registration is now open at nflrunseries.com slash saints. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as we continue to plot our way through Saints training camp. We've, fans, we've been trying our best here to kind of give you the inside look on what all goes into managing a training camp. You know, we hear a lot of stories about spring training baseball and the efforts to have teams in Florida and Arizona and, and NBA preseasons are in themselves their own animal. But, but here with a football preseason, we're talking about almost 100 different players and in our case in New Orleans, weather to deal with it, with the heat and humidity and everything else. So we thought we'd bring in, and he was gracious, gracious enough to join us, and that's the Saints head trainer, Scotty Patton. And first of all, it's good to do this in the air conditioning because normally when I see you work, Scotty, the heat index is up near 100, and it's not real comfortable outside. Yeah, it does feel good inside. Tell me about the, the challenge, and maybe we'll start there. With, with this time of year, I heard a fan yell today, boy, it's football weather, and I thought to myself, that is crazy. I just – managing a football team through this kind of weather. I know a lot of that challenge falls upon your shoulders to make sure that they're safe and they can get through the workouts in this heat. Yeah, this weather is something we just can't avoid. And the way we approach it as far as handling it, it starts in the off season as far as doing the things to prepare our players to be able to handle the environmental stresses of playing football in this heat. Um, so it starts with making sure our players is they're in the best shape that they can be in. Uh, that helps your body maintain a certain core temperature uh, when you go to exercise in the heat. So a lot of emphasis is on the off-season conditioning, being prepared to handle what's coming up <laughs> down the road in training camp. That is, uh, there's several layers there and steps in, in which we do that. A lot of it is the educating our players on how to properly hydrate themselves. Uh, we have, at the start of training camp, a big team meeting where 
we talk to the players and uh, educate them on steps that they need to take to make sure that they're properly hydrated and stay hydrated when they're out at practice. And uh, from a staff standpoint is making sure all the proper fluids are available for players. And coach does a great job of we take breaks quite often during the practices. And during those breaks, we're pushing the Gatorade to help these guys kind of rehydrate themselves. So the key is uh, being in great shape and also hydrating yourselves before, during, and after activities. Along those lines, I know some of our most loyal Saints fans work outside every day in this heat, and, and others like to exercise too. Are there things that perhaps that you do with their favorite football team that they themselves can do to make sure that they can get through this time of year safely? Safely, I mean, it's, it sounds – like there's just a basic formula, mm-hmm. uh, making sure you're properly hydrated. Like I mentioned earlier, you know, before, doing and act, after activity. So if you're coming out, making sure you drink enough fluid when you come out. During practice, making sure you consume enough fluid, and then afterwards as well. And also um, is the making sure you dress properly. That's the thing too. Uh, you know, now uniform technology is you know they have the special materials that help wick moisture away and kind of help you. I mean, those things can help, but still it's hot. But making sure from a fan or a staff perspective that you dress properly, that um, you try to wear light-colored clothes as much as possible, a hat or a cap or something to help shade the sun, and then making sure also the the clothes are the Mm light-colored so absorb less of the sun. It's, it's fascinating to watch you and your staff work with the normal NFL roster, but this time of year we get big out there, some 90 guys. Do you have to bring in more help during this time of year, and, and where are you getting that help from with regard to the whole training staff? That's a good thing. For training camp, we bring in um, college student athletic trainers. Athletic trainers, there and they're going into their junior year or maybe going into their senior year in college that work as a student athletic trainer at their university. They'll come here, and this year we average around, I think we have six. We have six of them that they are just extensions of myself and my staff as far as emphasizing and executing our plan as far as keeping players hydrated, for setting up the field, making sure the Gatorade is available, all the little things because you're right. We have so many players on this roster, and my normal staff of six we just is <laughs> is a task. So and also for these guys, it's a great learning opportunity to be. Hey, I'm a college student and I'm working hands on with these NFL players, and it's great. That's how I got my start, and it's it's good. But clubs, all teams do this to help manage these the extra players that. Um, that are on the roster at this time. Our guest, of course, is Saints head athletic trainer Scotty Patton, who's been in the NFL now some 22 years. Is it, was it 2000 when you came to the Saints, Scotty? Uh, yes, I came to New Orleans with the Saints in 2000. That's my first year as a head athletic trainer. If you look back now, think back 22 years now, surely just like broadcast or anything else, the industry has changed. Can you can you even characterize how different it is to be an athletic trainer in the NFL today as opposed to 20-plus years ago? I think it's changed with just science and technology, how that has changed from just the way we go about from a treatment, from rehabilitation to preventative things like braces. It's an ever 
uh, evolving science. And what we do is is that a science where there are there every year there's more and more research done in ways and how to improve the way we rehab certain injuries to ways to improve hydration programs, a number of things. So it's keeping up with the changes in the science of what we do. And you can see that. And just the athletes are different from the athletes when I first mm-hmm. started. Um, you see now because there's so much training year-round. And you see more, the, the sport is, I get more exposure. Mm-hmm. There's internet, there's television. So there's a lot more attention being brought on the little things that we do, whereas years ago, you would never <laughs> think twice about it, but now it's, there's exposure to it, and uh, that has uh, kind of enhanced the profession a little bit. Scotty, I know the Saints fans are very appreciative of you keeping their guys on the field and getting them back there as soon as possible, and I'm very thankful that you stopped by today. No problem, anytime. Scotty Patton with us, a part of our training camp coverage as we continue here on the Black and Blue Report. This is Eric, general manager of the Raising Canes and Kenner. To describe a Saints fan, you could say excited, committed, but definitely hungry. And that's when Raising Canes is fan's best friend. Fresh, never frozen chicken fingers, made fresh daily cane sauce, and a friendly Canes crew committed to serving you the best chicken finger meals around. Raising Canes, official chicken of the New Orleans Saints. One city, one team, one love. What makes Auctioner Primary Care such a great choice? Is it because we have 38 health centers throughout the region, some with evening and weekend hours available? Or because we accept close to 50 different insurance plans? Could it be because we offer My Auctioner, which gives you and your family secure online access to your health records, test results, prescription renewals, even emails with your doctor? or that you'll be connected to seven hospitals with 2,500 affiliated physicians who can handle everything from the common to the complex, so you'll never have to wonder if you made the right choice. Actually, what you may like the most is... Yes, we have a location near you. Expertise and convenience. Great reasons to choose an Auctioner primary care physician. To find one near you... Visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. Lotto is all across Louisiana with cash jackpots starting at $250,000. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport, Bossier City, to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana fun just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least 21 to purchase. He is the senior NFL reporter for the newly formed Fox Sports 1. Alex Marvez is our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. Alex, first of all, congratulations. We're all very excited about Fox Sports 1 coming up later this month. Thank you. I really appreciate that, Sean. Every day, 6 p.m. Eastern time, we will have our Fox Football Daily Show 
and you're covering the best in the NFL. You can have a lot of fun with the sport, the sports as well, which sometimes I think we get a little bit away from. I'm all into covering the serious topics. I've made a, a career out of doing that. But I also think, too, that we're going to be able to provide something new to the sports landscape that is sorely needed. Yeah, I think you're right. I think we're, we're in desperate need of some alternatives, and we're ready for that. Let's get started here on a conversation about the NFL. Alex, most teams are, what, say, eight to ten days into their training camp. Preseason games started last night. At this point, at this point, if you had to give me perhaps two to three top storylines in the NFL right now, what would they be in your eyes? Well, you know, for a while there, I thought it would be the New England Patriots, you know, constant Aaron Hernandez, uh, fallout, things like that, the Tim Tebow situation. But then a Gator teammate went ahead and bailed out Aaron Hernandez and, and Tim Tebow, and that would be Riley Cooper and the comments that he made that have gone ahead and really torn a team apart in a lot of ways. And I really believe that the Eagles made an egregious error by trying to go ahead and say, you know what, we, we find that Riley Cooper, his actions are terrible, but we'll be taking a, you know, we'll go ahead and send him to counseling. No, you, you just couldn't go ahead and erase what it was that he said, Sean. And, you know, by bringing him out on the practice field the next day, he had no players reportedly standing around him. It was awkward. Players said, I, I, don't, I can't be this guy's friend anymore. LaShawn McCoy went on record as saying that. These are devastating things, and I think the Eagles then realized after it was too late that they needed to suspend Riley Cooper, keep him out of football for a bit, let this go ahead, try to blow over, let Riley go through the, the rehab-type stuff that he needs, whether it's counseling, whether it's alcohol rehab. Let him go ahead and do that, Sean, and then we'll go ahead and see if he's able to integrate himself back into that team. Back into that team. But the Eagles were already suffering. They cut lose Jeremy Macklin. That's a huge blow. And now you have internal problems, not the way that Chip Kelly wants to start his NFL coaching career. Alex, are you are you surprised that the NFL commissioner didn't uh, step in and have a heavier hand in this? He kind of punted all. He kind of put it all on the team on the on the Eagles. You know, they consulted with the NFL, and, and Roger thought that this punishment was appropriate for Riley Cooper, and maybe on another team it would have been. Maybe, you know, had Riley Cooper been more well-respected by his teammates, maybe they could have gone ahead and said, you know what, it was a one-time thing, uh, we'll get over it. But I, I just don't feel that was the case. I don't, I don't know if Chip Kelly and the Eagles really had a pulse on their locker room, to be honest. Uh, you know, they, the team went ahead, they moved so quickly to announce a punishment that I don't think it really sunk in on people. And as time went on, remember something with these players, Sean, it's not just the media that asked them questions. It's their friends. It's their family. And the more you think about what Riley Cooper did, the, the way in which he used that word and the angry manner in which he did it, it was used in a hateful, spiteful way. Wow. How could you go ahead and trust this guy as a teammate? And, and it, it was really rough on the Eagles, and they made a big-time mistake. But I'm not going to knock the commissioner for this one. The Eagles were the ones who really should have acted first. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Alex Marvez, our guest from Fox Sports 1. Alex is making his way around to training camps. I know that you are in Atlanta, sir, so we're anxious to hear your thoughts on the Atlanta Falcons and the NFC South in general. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, the, the Dirty Birds, uh, they look really good in some areas, and there are some question marks in others. Uh, you know, the secondary right now, a lot of youth. You know, you're going to have two corners in Rocky Alford and, and Desmond Trufant that are going to be on the field right away. And Asante Samuel's been a great mentor, but they're going to need to go ahead, stay healthy, and hope that these young players continue to develop if they're going to stop a high-powered passing offense like one for the New Orleans Saints, for example. So I think they're, they're a fascinating team. They came so close last year to getting to that Super Bowl. One thing that is being stressed in Flowery Branch at training camp is that was last year. And I think they've done a good job of moving beyond that. This is the Falcons team that knows that the window is there for opportunity with Tony Gonzalez with Roddy White, with some guys in their 30s, and Matt Ryan getting his new contract extension. The time is now for them. I'm heading to Carolina tomorrow. I'm going to be curious to see how Cam Newton looks in Mike Shula's offense. How is his accuracy? How are his weapons that he's going to be working with? Greg Olson, Steve Smith, those are the only two guys really of note when it comes to receivers. Can Brandon LaFell 
finally step up and be a big-time player. The opportunities are going to be there for Brandon going forward. And at some point, I hope to check out the Tampa Bay Bucks later this month. And they're an intriguing team. I love the additions that they made. It looks like Darrell Rebus is going to be able to make it back from that torn ACL, which is just incredibly good news for the Bucks. I thought it was a steal what they were able to get the best cornerback in football for. You look at Mike Williams getting his contract extension, playing opposite Vincent Jackson in that passing offense. The return of Carl Nix, the former Saints guard, as well as Devin Joseph, another Pro Bowl guard to that offensive line. So much, though, is going to ride on Josh Freeman. Is he the real deal? You see Matt Ryan get his contract extension here from the Atlanta Falcons a few weeks ago. The Bucks not willing to go down that road with Josh Freeman. He's going to have to go the Joe Flacco route. He's going to have to earn it. Alex, good stuff. I hope that you'll be a regular for us here on the Black and Blue Report. Happy to help you out. All right, Alex Marvez, national football reporter, NFL reporter for Fox Sports 1. We're right back after this. Somewhere in a town like the one you're in, there is a person like you headed to a store to buy Bud Light. However, these Bud Lights give you a chance to win prizes that are best described as music firsts, like Monster DNA headphones, access to tracks and merchandise from today's hottest artists, and even tickets to one of Bud Light Music First's history-making 5051 concerts on August 1st. But before people like you can win, they need to head to a place where Bud Light is sold. It's finally here, Bud Light Music First. Enter the code inside specially marked packages of Bud Light for your chance to win one of over 500,000 music prizes all summer long. Visit BudLight.com slash Music First for rules and more information. Bud Light Music First. It's the sound of history being made. Here we go. No purchase necessary. Open to U.S. residents 21 and over. Ends 8-15-13. To play without purchase, mail your name, email address, and age to Music First Game. P.O. Box 753-726, El Paso, Texas, 88575. Void where prohibited. Enjoy responsibly. A.B. St. Louis, Missouri. A message from Mr. Monopoly. Hello again. Since teaming with the Louisiana Lottery to give away part of my vast fortune for the Monopoly scratch-off game, I've been tickled pink that the winner bell has been ringing so frequently. There's a winner right now. Oh, my, another winner. (laughs) Jimmy, perhaps it would be wise to check the winner bell once more just to be sure. You could win up to $100,000. Play the Monopoly scratch-off game for real money. Must be at least 21 to purchase. Monopoly is a trademark of Hasbro and is used with permission. Don't want to miss out on any of the action? Get connected with your New Orleans Pelicans 24-7, 365. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for exclusive prizes and giveaways. Plus, get text messages with all the latest breaking news right on your phone with Pelicans mobile alerts. Visit pelicans.com for information on these great features, plus sign up for Pelicans Insider with weekly updates from the Pelicans. Join the conversation today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Final segment of the Black and Blue Report. Again, we're going to try and do a mailbag segment a little bit later this week. Those seem to be fun, especially when you are engaging and bring great stuff to the table. You can reach us uh, at the um, on the Twitter, I guess, as they say, at, I know what I'm trying to say, at Black Blue Report or at John DeShazer or at Sean Kelly Live. Email's your thing? Sure, radio at pelicans.com. Thoughts, comments, questions? We'll have some fun with that later on this week. Very much looking forward to the NBA schedule coming out tomorrow. More coverage on that and other Pelicans news this week. And, J.D., perhaps a final thought from you as we get ready to wrap up this Monday version. 
Uh, you know, I'm kind of blank, man. I yeah. saw Tiger win yesterday and saw a little bit of the uh, Hall of Fame game. I can barely watch it. Let's see the Hall of Fame ceremonies. I was pretty impressed with most of the, most of the speeches. Uh, Favorite speech was? Oh, I'm a Chris Carter fan. Chris Carter, very yeah. emotional, very emotional. Good stuff. And, uh, of course, congratulations to all those involved in Canton. They had a huge group of Hall of Famers. And, of course, we lost a legend over the weekend as well, um, a Hall of Famer from the Baltimore Colts era as well, kind of the Bob Euchre of football, if you will. So that, that, that was the only, I guess, down note on the uh, Hall of Fame weekend. All right, sir, later on today, NewOrleansSaints.com. You have a written word for us, uh, some piece that you'd like to preview for us? Yeah, check us out. Pierre Thomas, Saints running back, who's been around for a while. He's um, moving up the career charts, and he's just kind of Mr. Reliable. Um, when Pierre Thomas is around, good safety blanket for Drew Brees. All right, J.D. and I will also see you online at NewOrleansSaints.com later today for the post-practice wrap. The, we call it the New Orleans Saints afternoon wrap, but it'll be more like an evening wrap with the black and gold inside today from 4.30 until about 6.30 or so. Producer Dan, thank you very much. D-Dub, the Black and Blue Orchestra, love it as always, and we, uh, we love you too, and I mean that, really. Can't wait to talk to you tomorrow. Don't forget, one central time tomorrow. Get us at pelicans.com, neworleansaints.com, or now available on iTunes. Producer Dan, J.D., I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 1 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.